o'clock in the morning and I was going to wake up the whole household. <laughs> well, relax. Let's see. We get any lot more lights or now? Yeah. Lights or whatever you want. Yeah. I was going to have. A, I was going to set out the official tea of today's podcast. The official tea. Yeah, because they, they because we met it's somebody. It's like scotch, isn't it? <laughs> well, I wish. Um, we met somebody who has a. Well, it was an interesting tea. It's really interesting. We met. Uh, get the name. Oh, I'd like to bring them in. So who do we have? So this is uh, this is podcast twenty nine, and uh, you are uh, Tom Curry. Ah, speak up to the mic. <laughs> there we go. Guys. We get to get started. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about today, guys? Well, who is Tom? Yeah, I don't know. It's always a good question. Uh, I'm, I'm Tom Curry. I uh, right now I'm a partner at Dunner McLennan and Fish in Boston. But uh, by way of background, I'm a career. Uh, state and federal uh, financial regulator. Okay. Oh. And uh, uh, my interest in uh, technology really comes from the regulatory side of a mature industry, the, the banking industry. I'm going to interrupt you here because we have an important call from Mick Williams. Mick, are you joining us on the podcast? Yes. Can I? Boom. What? I screwed, I screwed up. I'm just... I can be there in 15 minutes. Yeah, come on out. Come on out. Yeah, come here in 15 minutes and just tell them you're in 525, and we're even recording you right now. Tom just introduced. Say hello to Tom. Hey, Tom. Hi, how you doing? I got a little screwed up on my time. Oh, that's okay. No problem. That's all right. Come on out. You're being recorded. (laughs) We'll we'll wait for you. We'll we'll hold all the good questions. All right, great. <laughs> this is the nature of this podcast. Yeah. No, no, that's, <laughs> you get what you can get. Dog in the field. Uh, so, so <laughs> no to, rules. To dive in, we're, we're, yeah. we, we try not to ask questions. So, so I think the, the standard start is um, one might ask. What? Yeah. yeah, but I think the regulatory stuff's interesting. So yeah. I know on the yeah. IoT mm-hmm. side, yeah, that's the wild west. Mm-hmm. So there, there is no regulatory regime in IoT or Internet of Things. Mm-hmm. There's just a new state law in California, which again is probably outside mm-hmm. of your mm-hmm. your remit. Yeah, but it, work, yeah. you know, it's uh, yeah. that was one of the topics of at, uh, at LES is is there a regulatory regime in IoT? Mm-hmm. But in I think blockchain, you know, the fintech world, mm-hmm. I'm assuming there's there's some regulatory well, regime. Well, wait a minute, but you're so before before you go down blockchain mm-hmm. per se, but you weren't blockchain is is a is a bolt on so to speak to the entire regulatory structure that you for cryptocurrency you, that right. you yeah. lived, yeah, but I you were but he wasn't even cryptocurrency, weren't you currency? Yeah, yeah. My uh, former title was uh, comptroller of the currency. Oh, uh, you mean like a fiat currency, like real yeah, dollars? Yeah, it actually uh, uh, has nothing to do with currency anymore. Right. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, the uh, the control of the currency was established uh, under the National Bank Act by President Lincoln, and its primary purpose was to finance the Civil War for the North. Oh, I was going to ask. Uh, Lincoln was not the guy before yeah. uh, Bush, was he? A uh, couple before. A couple yeah, before, yeah. yeah. So oh, the so idea behind the it was uh, yeah. you know, banks needed to... Uh, uh, invest in bonds, government bonds, as part of their... Uh, banks did. Yeah. So they created banks, national banks, in order to buy the bonds to finance the war. Right. Uh, part of the law uh, was intended to wipe out what was the existing state-by-state system of uh, uh, bank notes and replace it with a single national, national currency. currency. Right. I thought about uh, that. So banks, are banks, oh, so banks were then, as they are now, independent. 
they're independent entities. They're not. These are not government banks. These no, are, they uh, receive a charter from uh, you know the federal government in the case of the Comptroller of the Co- uh, Currency, short OCC, or from each individual state. But but they're 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 independent but regulated. Yes, highly regulated. So and, FDIC yeah. falls under the Comptroller of Currency. No, no. The, uh, the I'll, I'll confuse you. This is how you sound smart. Is if you could figure out who does what, you sound like an intellectual. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mark, no one mistake me for that. <laughs> yeah, Trust no, me. He will but, fail. Uh, yeah, the. FDIC came into being in 1933 as part okay. of the New Deal. So uh, much more recent. Uh, it, it ensures uh, the deposits of all uh, national banks and all federally insured state chartered banks. Okay. Uh, the, uh, they do not charter, uh, but they are the primary federal regulator for state uh, banks that are not members of the Federal Reserve System. So they, they're a regulator and they're all uh, effectively insurers. Yes, yes. Uh, so when a, what happens when a bank fails, uh, uh, the chartering authority, the comptroller of the currency or the state will turn it over to the FDICS receiver and then their job is to basically uh, ensure a seamless transition so that depositors are not adversely affected. Uh, wow. and uh, to sell off the assets either immediately to an acquiring bank or to manage the assets and do things like securitizations. So go back to the, the uh, go back to the Civil War era yeah. when the comp, the I assume it's called the Office of the mm-hmm. Comptroller yes. was created. Mm-hmm. And then what was its mandate? Uh, its mandate was to charter and to supervise uh, national banks. To charter and supervise. Chartering meaning grant Give, them an ability grant to them operate. Grant them the license to operate. And then to make sure that uh, uh, they operated in a safe and sound manner uh, that would uh, you know, not, you know, prevent, ideally to prevent its failure in uh, re- resolution. And, 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 and there was additional failure that was uh, contemplated or at least uh, covered by the FDIC now uh, that was supposed to be 80, what, 80 years later or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The uh, OCC is the uh, old, one of the oldest uh, is the oldest financial regulator in the United States. The Mark. Federal Reserve System was established, uh, I think, around 1910. So Mark pulled a, a greenback. I wanted to wallet. see if, if the comptroller was one of the, the people that signed. Yeah. No, originally he did, uh, but yeah. then if you look on a it's note, the Treasury it's, Secretary. Sec- it's uh, the Treasury Secretary, and then there's a Treasurer of the United States. Right. And where does the, that office fit in its uh, not? It's not the judicial branch. It's not the no, legislative it's a, branch. It's its, its own. It's no. uh, oh, the, it's part the, of the uh, so this is Mnuchin's the current. The, the uh, yeah. This is uh, the complicated explanation. Ah, uh, we're um, falling in all the traps. Yeah, the comptroller of the currency is an independent federal agency, functionally. Who does it respond to, though? It's a, uh, the comptroller is appointed by the President of the United States, subject to confirmation by the United States Senate. Is it an indefinite term? Uh, it's for a five-year term, so it's intended to be independent by uh, overlapping a presidential term. Uh, it is technically or organizationally under the uh, Secretary of the Treasury, the Department of the Treasury, but, but it is wholly independent. It has its own uh, funding mechanism uh, through assessments on national banks. Uh, it, uh, the Treasury Secretary is forbidden by statute from interfering in the uh, duties of the uh, comptroller of the currency. Uh, there are uh, submitted independent uh, testimony and recommendations to Congress without review by the Treasury Secretary. Now, how about the, okay. in a related area, there was the, oh, if I'm going to screw this one up, the, the, what was the name of the, is the name of the agency charged with the protection of consumers from 
fraud in um, uh, uh, commercial fraud. Yeah, the Dodd-Frank Act of uh, 2010 um, uh, reorganized some of the regulatory responsibilities. Hmm. Uh, prior to 2010, the prudential regulators, which the OCC would have been, uh, were responsible for enforcing consumer protection and fair lending laws. Uh, Congress changed that by transferring the, the specific authorities in some of those areas to the newly created uh, uh, CFPB, uh, CFPB. Uh, which is now under political fire, and we're so not a political no, podcast. No. And so. then, yeah. my, no, but my then question was, why has that? Well, we, I mean, not that we 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 don't make jokes, but um, actually, we're not doing very well today. Um, <laughs> but they weren't funny anyway. Um, I think this is this is yeah. interesting. This is yeah. like you know real. This is um, this is cool. So stuff. why hasn't this happened to the control of the currency? Is it is are the decisions made? And we know that the Federal Reserve is under seemingly under attack right now by the administration. Though I'm wondering whether that's just a smoke but no fire. But why, if the CFPB came under attack, hasn't that happened to the Comptroller of Currencies Office? Um, you know, uh, I think any uh, regulator is not going to be popular. Uh, so you're going to face criticism uh, from, you know, various uh, interests, uh, whatever you do. Uh, and that's why the OCC, the Federal Reserve, the FDIC, and the CFPB are all uh, independent agencies. There's an attempt through structural devices to insulate them from, uh, you know, uh, uh, potential threats but to their independence that doesn't and judgment. Seem to, that doesn't seem to be working with that one office. Uh, of, that again, um, th there was a backlash of uh, smaller institutions, larger institutions having uh, the institution uh, being created, the CFPB. Yeah. Um, you know, also uh, the financial crisis really caused a, uh, an awful lot of dislocation within the banking system, within right. communities. Uh, you know, people lost uh, uh, trillions of dollars of net worth. Uh, uh, we had the uh, very significant foreclosure crisis in the United States. Uh, all those things. So why uh, did that did that cause any backlash? That, that that led to doubt as to the organization or, or the where the OCC fit into the organizational structure. Uh, I think you're seeing you know across the board an, you know, an uh, interest in assessment in the performance of the regulatory agencies. Oh. Uh, I mean, which is, I think is uh, you know appropriate after the what happened. Yeah, but I don't think the, the OCC, the comptroller, is in the same crosshairs because you weren't created by a prior administration or. In, in the midst of a prior uh, administration, it's, and again, without getting political. No, it, it helps to be have been around for yeah. over 150 years. Yeah, uh, so it's hard to, hard to dislodge yeah, that or uh, blame it on the And also you know, lever, a level of uh, predictability and comfort with right. the, the agency. Something new is always going to be under you know, uh, more scrutiny and uh, create more uh, potential disruption to normal operations. So what is sense. a... What is a comptroller? Is that the is that the poobah, the grand poobah of that office, or is yeah. that a uh, okay? That's yeah, the the the, the, the uh, comptroller is the agency head. Okay. Uh, the comptroller also sits on the various uh, federal agency boards. Uh, the Dodd Frank Act also established the uh, Financial Stability Oversight Council uh, to oversee uh, uh, significant. Uh, uh, financial institutions uh, that you know, could affect financial stability. Uh, the comptroller also is a ex officio member of the FDIC board of directors. Uh, then there's a you know connection between uh, supervision of uh, 
of banks is a risk mitigant for uh, the FDIC. If you have highly regulated uh, institutions and you're looking at uh, potential deterioration, you have the opportunity to correct it. So when you did this, did you ever actually sit down and do work, or was it all running around uh, testifying? Uh, uh, the, well, there's a sorry. lot of responsibilities. Uh, one of the least attractive parts of it is testifying before Congress. But again, uh, you know, from a, a government uh, accountability standpoint, uh, you, you know who the boss is when you have to sit in a chair for two or more hours and uh, answer uh, questions. Coming. Yeah. So did you, okay, so going back to the question about doing work, you Are managed. you interviewing, David? I'm not is interviewing. Is this an interview? <laughs> it is, but you're, you're, you're <laughs> filling in the other gap. Did you, um, <laughs> did you um, was it a management position or was it a, did you actually sit down and write, for example, draft legislation, draft regulations, the, or anything? The OCC is a 4,000-person organization with 90 offices here in the United States and in uh, London. Uh, it has a $1.1 billion budget, so it's a large organization, uh -huh. not the largest in government, but a significant organization. Is that more budget? That's a bit larger budget than this podcast has, by um, a dollar or two? Yeah. Or it's it's a billion dollars or two. Yeah, the, yeah, also, to give you close. an idea of the scale of the responsibilities, uh, over 70% of the uh, banking assets in the United States are supervised, uh, are held by banks supervised by the OCC. And he also learned... Mm -hmm. how to speak in that level, calm tone, <laughs> which I missed. Well, I think it's probably the result of having been in that chair for hours on end <laughs> yeah. that you described, yeah. taking all the flack from folks. Yeah. That can't be pleasant. Well, sometimes when there's some yeah. documents I write, you um, we go out of our way not to emphasize any one word more than any other word because you never know mm -hmm. downstream which word is going to be more important. Right. So he's learned to do that with his mm -hmm. tone. It's amazing. So uh, may I ask which president appointed you? Um, I was appointed by uh, President Bush to the FDIC Board of Directors. That's also a... Which, uh, the, the younger Bush? Uh, yes, George W. Bush. Okay. Uh, and then I was appointed by President Barack Obama in 2012 to uh, uh, be the comptroller of the currency. Oh. So, so this is n oh. not that long ago. No, so no. Your five-year your five term... And, and didn't uh, uh, May of 2017. Oh, oh. wow! So tell yeah. us about so we you know the, the hot topic is uh, now uh, block not really blockchain. I think it's it's uh, cryptocurrencies because blockchain mm -hmm. yeah. blockchain is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. yeah block, blockchain is irrelevant to you. What you cared about it was cryptocurrencies. But did that office care about them? No, I think it's uh, I, I wouldn't say that I didn't care about it. Um, I think you know I started to say the OCC came at uh, financial uh, technology or fintech. Uh, really, from a regulatory standpoint, yeah. uh, you know, supervised banks, uh, you have a very uh, uh, a significant strategic issue that technology provides uh, or presents to, to banks of all sizes. Uh, from a regulatory standpoint, you, number one, want them thinking about those uh, strategic implications to their business uh, and to act on it. Uh, one of the other responsibilities uh, of uh, offices to make sure that uh, uh, you supervise the IT or assess the IT functions of, of banks, uh, one for security purposes, uh, and also uh, to make sure that they have appropriate uh, contingency, contingency plans in place if there is a disruption. So that translates to me yeah. to caring less about cryptocurrencies per se, cryptocurrencies as cryptocurrencies, but rather how banks deal with them. 
Uh, yes and no. Uh, oh. That's only part of the uh, uh, answer. Uh, <laughs> Somebody jumped the gun here, no, Mark. No, the it might crypt- not have been cryptocurrencies. <laughs> uh, banks, particularly the large banks, uh, you know, are active uh, as uh, uh, traders and facilitating financial transactions for other parties. Yep. So. Uh, there is an issue as to uh, with the banks, and I think you've heard some some of the CEOs of the largest banks whether or not they're willing to engage in that business yeah. for you know, uh, reputational and other uh, business reasons. Uh, there's also an underlying legal question. You know, uh, uh, is uh, you know trading in Bitcoin a power uh, for a national bank, an authorized power? Right. Uh, right. The and uh, you know is it similar to yeah, and I think this is what's occurring with the CFTC and the SEC. Is it? Uh, 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 can you analogize it to other other similar products and under what statutory your current I mean, is, statutory is it, framework? Is it analogous to a drugstore also selling cannabis in a sense? I mean, because yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, cryptocurrency yeah, yeah. being sold mm-hmm. from a bank seems like you know, like the bank is trying this wacky new stuff. Yeah, right. I think not, there's right. that's right. wild, wild west. That's all I meant by the. Yeah. yeah, banks are very uh, sensitive to uh, reputational risk. So before they enter into a new field, or particularly one where there is, uh, you know, uh, an emerging regulatory uh, environment, that there'll be a hesitancy to. Uh, right. But wait a minute. So going back to the yeah. uh, the question I interrupted you with, mm-hmm. um, it does still sound like when when you finally got to the second half of your answer. It still sounds like you're interested in in cryptocurrency as it relates to banks and not cryptocurrency as it relates to anything else. And I think there is a lot of anything else. Yeah. Because if I'm not mistaken, cryptocurrencies would be quite happy not to ever be in a bank. No. Well, uh, that's almost the reason they emerged, I right. think, is is a bank avoidance yeah, or yeah. the financial system well, avoidance. That's another area where you know the, the financial regulators, bank regula- regulators play a role. Uh, you're talking about... Uh, uh, enforcement of the Bank Secrecy Act and anti-money laundering activities, and again, that's one of the other hesitancies. Oh, that's true. You guys could you guys could weigh in there. Yeah, that's the, why there's uh, currently, I think, a hesitancy for mainstream banks to you know uh, be engaged in the business of uh, you know trading uh, Bitcoin or facilitating the the transfer of those assets. But it's also so like that, they, that they, because they don't want to facilitate tax avoidance either. Mm-hmm. So illegal tax avoidance. That gets back to Mark's, Mark's point about the, um, the, the marijuana. Drugstore drug selling. No, yeah. no, no, uh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry about that. At least the, uh, the marijuana, which was the... There was a... But what? By keeping uh, profits and money's revenues, or actually mm-hmm. any bank, as I understood, there was a regulate. Banks were prevented from federal... Federally regulated banks from doing any any business with marijuana businesses. It, yeah, I mean, that, yes, that, uh, I think it's still true now. Uh, for yeah, it's, it's true. A, the law. I mean, the, it's an unsettled situation. Uh, you have the Rohrbacker Amendment that precludes the uh, Justice Department from spending any money on enforcement of medical marijuana, but that provision does not extend to recreational marijuana. Right. It's still classified under uh, federal law as a controlled substance. Uh, you have civil forfeiture laws that could come into play, which would affect uh, banks' security interest and uh, you know collateral for a so loan. The, so or, that tension yeah. between states versus federal. Yes, yes. You know where where the, depending on where you come from, you know politically, states' rights dominate, or you know 
my my view of federal laws dominates. So, yeah, and what, or your for view? medical, mar- I mean, for yeah. marijuana uh, and banks providing banking services for it, that's really going to require uh, congressional action. And it, right. it appears that there's a growing momentum as more and more states are authorizing both medical and recreational marijuana. Uh, that at some point, uh, Congress is going to have to act. Do something. So, yeah. what does that tell us about what's going to happen on the? To the extent there's a parallel between mm-hmm. uh, federal regulatory control of banks vis-a-vis um, marijuana, is that going to affect, or are we going to see a parallel activity in cryptocurrency, or are these so wildly different than the notion of parallels is uh, out the door? I think one's the well, vehicle for, <laughs> for the well, acquisition of, of the other, in a sense. No, that, I mean, I think you know, um, it, it's all going to depend on the activity, you know, uh, and uh, the law is going to apply if it's an activity that falls within uh, the legal remit of an agency. Right, right but, uh, but where is it going to go? I, I got that. Yeah. What, you, what you just said was if the law applies, the law applies. Yeah, and I think but what you're seeing, I mean, what you're seeing in financial fintech, financial technology, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's uh, marketplace lending or in the payments area, the, which are the areas that I'm more interested in, uh, it's really you have the regulatory community feeling out uh, how to, uh, how or whether or not existing legal frameworks apply to these new technologies. I think actually that's very healthy. Right. Uh, it's important to experiment and to see how an industry or a, a concept or uh, like uh, uh, or technology uh, evolves uh, before you uh, uh, step in and. Uh, force a framework on the situation. And that is not, uh, that that then pertains largely to cryptocurrencies, but not to um, banking for uh, marijuana. No, it's a lot clearer. Yeah, with, and, I, yeah. the, and I was just you doing the analogy rather than mm-hmm. linking. Yeah, I, well, didn't, I didn't close the, 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 the bottom of the triangle mm-hmm. the way you just did, but I was well, just trying to come up with an analogy that was, you know, to me, banks trying blockchain and, and, and cryptocurrencies is, is akin to a drugstore selling marijuana. Well, yeah. actually, on blockchain, I would distinguish between yes. Bitcoin and blockchain. blockchain. Yes. Uh, banks yeah. are actively, especially oh. large, in blockchain. You uh, stumbled the, into an issue, Mark. Uh, there is Scary. a... There, yeah, what's being tested by Very some scary. of the larger banks and some of the uh, you know, uh, settlement uh, firms is, you know, is this a technology that could be used for settling uh, trades? And uh, how's that coming out? That, that, so the, that is also subject to regulation as well, correct? Uh, you, you, I mean, look, I'll back up a little bit on that. Um, I, you know, um, the Sound philosophy effect. of the uh, my philosophy okay. as a regulator, and I think one that's still uh, uh, prevalent among the current regulators is there's a reluctance to prescribe technological requirements. Correct. Uh, that it's better to establish what the override, overriding principles that, that should be applied. So from a supervisory standpoint, with something like blockchain being used for settlement uh, purposes for you know banks or uh, interbank basis, uh, is that uh, you know is the technology secure? Uh, is the, the I make, we're technology, just to a very technology allow uh, for uh, you know uh, verification? And right. compliance with applicable laws like oh, uh, BSA and the uh, anti-money laundering requirements, uh, and you know regulatory oversight. Okay. Yeah, no, it, it makes perfect sense. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it, it seems to me, and uh, while David's getting our our, mm. our other friend, uh, you know, the the ICO versus IPO 
tension, mm-hmm. you know, the the initial coin offering for mm-hmm. those uh, listening in. It it just seems like again, it's another sort of uh, unregulated unregulated way of doing what already exists. Just like you know, uh, the whole cryptocurrency thing is an unregulated mm-hmm. way. And, and one one might say it's a way to avoid the system, avoid taxation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. avoid regulation. And again, some of the cryptocurrency early use cases were, aside from tax avoidance, mm-hmm. was you know illicit things, yeah. it was yeah. drugs it's or the Silk Road, and, yeah, Silk yeah. Road, all that crap. Mm-hmm. So, what's your view of the kind of ICO IPO tension, if you yeah. will? Well, I think what we're seeing is I think an appropriate that evolutionary approach. Uh, you know, the agencies like the SEC and the CFTC are looking how to apply you know their frameworks to a product. Uh, I think the CFTC has been very successful uh, in recent court cases in having uh, cryptocurrencies being classified as a commodity. So they're applying principles of regulation for a commodity to this type of commodity, the cryptocurrency. And uh, I think over time you're going to see whether or not there needs to be legislative adjustments of, of applying that existing regulatory structure to something a new, you know, a new technology. We need some non-seriousness yeah. here for a moment. Yes, this is, that is too serious. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, possible. Actually, so, I think this is this is honestly this is scary. This is scary. Interesting though, to me, before you inject any any. And oh, usually, yeah, I'm the one with injecting nonsense. Yeah, well, you are just nonsense. But um, <laughs> you know, this the the. Oh, by, it, by the way, just so that the three people. Two people who now listen to this podcast. Well, we it's probably one. the vote. No, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the only time we'll hear it. Oh no, Tom's here. Three. We get yeah, three today. Mick yeah. um, Williams has arrived and it was stuck at the down the, the downstairs desk because I believe they thought he was a criminal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or that they he said he knew you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going we're getting going here, Mick. We're just yeah. introducing you on the podcast. Hi. We do. Join us and hop in front of a mic. Yeah. Do you, have you met uh, Tom Curry, you guys? Mark? No. Well, you yeah. met Mark. Tom I'm Curry, you met. It looks like you I fell off your bike, Mick. I did. No Damn. shit. Look at this. So, so, so to the now one listener we have left, <laughs> left Mick has shown up with a, a big um, slash across his forehead and a bruised eye. Oh, and oh, my God. And broke <laughs> Barbara and Brawl. What happened to you? <laughs> I don't want to tell you. Oh, well, we'll turn the mic for you at least. Uh-huh. Oh, well. So, so this is Tom, Hi, Tom. Curry. Hi, how are you, Mark? We're going to ask, this is actually a, a quiz for the podcast, you, which you, is Mark. Tell us. You do look familiar, but I'm, I don't know your name. I mean, I know several Tom Currys. Yeah, okay, that's good. Anyway. So, do, do you watch C-SPAN a lot? Yeah, Mark's going to try to summarize what Tom Curry does. <laughs> Tom, Tom it was the most recent comptroller of the currency. So I'm assuming you saw him from from all of his many appearances on C-SPAN. I'm always just riveted to the screen on C-SPAN. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Let me exciting. ask though, before we get too far, Mark. Remember, you you you've been deposed, undoubtedly. Uh, what are you <laughs> suggesting? <laughs> <laughs> well, what do they always ask? I said, at the "Good day, sir." <laughs> <laughs> what do they always ask at the beginning? Don't they say, "Are, are you when under did the you influence?" Stop your wife? No. Oh, mm-hmm. wrong deposition. No, oh. That was the divorce you went down the hall. That was your divorce. Uh, No, no, they always ask whether you're under influence of uh, uh, alcohol, drugs, or anything else. No, they always ask you that as the (laughs) lawyer. (laughs) No, no, but lucky in Mick, we didn't ask him, Mick, but when did you fall? Um, On the way over? Actually, last night. No shit. This is not not a something to spend a whole lot of time on. Well, it's unusual. (laughs) We've been talking about ICOs and 
cryptocurrency. Right, and, 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 the, stru- and the structure of the federal government. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this really is exciting all, stuff. I fit right in with that, I'm sure. So what yeah. happened? Uh, well, we need a little diversion. Tom's been tripped. torturing us. You tripped? I tripped on a rug on a wood floor. Oh. Oh, oh. oh how'd that go? Who won? Well, you see what? <laughs> I think the floor won. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't go well. <laughs> so, okay. Well, anyway, so, okay. And, and then my bicycle broke on the way over here. Oh. So I had a lot of problems. Wow. Oh, I see. Nick is well, having a tough day. day. It's so, one of those days. So oh. this is what it's like to be in the real world and not in Washington, D.C. You get to go from running like oodles of money to talking with people with broken glass frames and <laughs> <laughs> big bruises on their foreheads. So anyway, Mark was trying to summarize what, what Tom actually, did. I actually, again, for the half a listener left, Tom. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so gone. He, he, he's one of the... Uh, Brain dead. They're not, there's a lot of them out there, but <laughs> exactly. they're not so they're you, working he, well. He was one of the key regulators uh, for the federal government for a long period of time and, and has some knowledge of you know, various issues, regulatory issues around currency in general. And we've been talking about crypto. I, does he print the money himself? No, and in fact, no. I did take a bill out of my yeah, pocket yeah. to see if the comptroller was one of the people Signatures, that signed it. But yeah. it, it was, we, we actually did you haven't ever see done the it in 100 years. Did you ever see the Mikado? So you uh, never got the to see Japanese your name on the show? Yeah. yeah, you know, the, the, no, yeah, no, the Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> It wouldn't be worth anything. With the Poobah? Do you remember the Poobah? Yeah. The Poobah. This is the Poobah, but instead of walking around the stage with a big list, he's uh, watching all the currency. And and now he's a partner here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The mighty have fallen. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. This is is the grilling you get instead of of, Mm. no congressman. (laughs) You you know, I mean, no one will see this, but you don't have to do that gesture where you put the hand over the mic and lean over Uh and talk to counsel. (laughs) So where we were when you so rudely interrupted. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Where we were was do, we were learning here, here, about Tom, my dog. Do you know, my you know Mick is? Mick, Mick oh, was yeah, the founder of Mick. one Who of the uh, key angel groups, oh, Boston great. Harbor Angels. Okay. So, uh, oh, we're well trying known. to print currency. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark's doing his paneling thing. I am you doing are, my paneling thing. I'm so also, anyway. also trying to be a good co-host. You are, you are. So where we were was that we had learned that this was the Poobah, not from the Mikado, but of all currency, oh. and that they address, regu- uh, it's a purely regulation of banks, and we were diving no, into... No, 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 no not necessarily no, no. banks. Oh, what else? For no. those of us that paid attention. Well, I wasn't it's actually uh, yeah, a, a longer reach. Uh, yeah, one of the areas where the uh, bank regulators <laughs> and the OCC in particular focus on is uh, third-party relationships. Uh, so there's a lot of... Uh, investments and partnerships uh, being formed between fintech firms and banks. Uh, so, uh, what the OCC... Sounds like banks still, though. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, It's more, I mean, my, my as I mentioned earlier, my interest is more on the oh. payments and the oh. like marketplace lending side because oh. it has a direct interface with, uh, with the regulated banks. Uh, uh, but... Uh, uh, there's, uh, there's rules and there's uh, uh, legal requirements governing those relationships. Oh, okay, yep, yep. So, so let's pretend yeah. I was a listener who had gone out and gotten a sandwich in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the football game. Mm-hmm. This is almost like a football game. Never, I've never watched one, so I don't know. <laughs> so going back to going back to where I was no, before so I got my sandwich. Actually, where I think we were where you, when you walked yeah, out, yeah. you were talking about the ICOs versus IPOs. No, oh, wait a minute. No, mm-hmm. no. When I walked out, um, when, when uh, Mick finally showed up with his broken glasses, you were talking about the, whether it made sense for the OCC or the, the Poobah mm-hmm, of currency mm-hmm. to get involved with at the low level of technology used by the banks. 
And this, and, and arguably, this could be a case of what is it? Uh, what is that thing about apologize versus permission? About that, yeah. Don't you wait till the blockchain breaks and say, and they go to the OCC? Oh, we screwed up. We won't do that again. Or do you go first it's and say, it's better we to, to to apologize and seek permission? Yeah, yeah, so how does that work on uh, banks actually, and technology? Actually, uh, as comptroller, I, I kind of didn't subscribe to that. One of the things uh, uh, we did was actually look at uh, uh, re responsible innovation uh, from an agency standpoint. Uh, first off, internally, uh, you know, were we discouraging uh, both banks that we regulated and external parties from uh, engaging in fintech-related activities? Uh, established an office of innovation, and the idea was to take uh, the regulatory expertise of the agency, uh, policy people, lawyers, uh, supervisors, and have them available to both fintech firms and banks. Uh, one of the things that, uh, in the, especially in the area of payments and in uh, marketplace lending, that it was important if there's going to be relationships or uh, between the two. Uh, uh, sectors, uh, better to inform people up front what the rules are and how to avoid them. Then uh, have to apologize. Yeah, and right. uh, to Ooh. use marketplace lending uh, for an example, uh, there are a lot of uh, extending credit to consumers is highly regulated regardless of whether you're a bank or not. Uh, most of the laws apply to creditors. Uh, so if you're going to build something, uh, technology around a type of transaction where there's a uh, uh, a host of legal requirements, you ought to design that, uh, whatever you design, you ought to build that into okay, it. Okay, so what you're saying is mm -hmm. that, as in other areas, you tried to stay ahead of the, either whether it was technology or issue. So so here's a, sort of a, a, it's not an interview question. Well, mm -hmm. mine wasn't we're, either. I, <laughs> we're, we're like an Amazon, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not, I don't, mm -hmm. th I don't think they are, but were they decide to decide at some point we want to be a bank. Mm -hmm. Would they come to OCC, essentially, yeah, or, or were they were they to say, "I'm going to go form a yeah, partnership with Bank of would, America"? Or they would need a charter, bank? right? Yeah, they would I, be chartered. Yeah, um, I would not first use the Amazon as the example, but well, um, why not? By the way, because it's a different set of problems. Yeah, oh. Um, oh. big uh, brand, big brand A, yeah, big brand no, Q, whatever uh, it is. A couple of things. Uh, yes, you can. Uh, one of the things I did uh, uh, as comptroller was uh, launch an initiative to. Uh, issue uh, special purpose national bank charters oh. that would be available to uh, non-banks, fintechs uh, that uh, For example, be, PayPal. Uh, no, let's stay away from that for a little while. Oh, All right. uh, let's say <laughs> you're, you, you have a uh, uh, you know, payments platform. Mark and Dave's payment platform. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the current the current legal structure is you have to use a bank. You Mixed can't get into the payment, payment system. Right. If you had a bank charter, you could uh, directly you cut out the middleman. You could directly. So the uh, notion of, the, of this special purpose vehicle is really to uh, incubate new it, ideas and innovate. Uh, there, the, part of the for setup was to actually have some level of experimentation on products and. <sighs> Uh, on entities, uh, but uh, the charter would allow f uh, fintech firms not to have to get FDIC insurance, not to take deposits, uh, but be able to operate a national platform with like national bank. And does that mean they would have extra warnings on their um, 
advertising and posters for anyone who no, banked the, with them, or are they the, operating at a level no, the, where they don't the deal with The advantage is the single platform under the current framework. Uh, if you're a, a payments firm, you need to be licensed by the 50 different states. Yeah. Uh, you, you, if you are a, na a federally chartered uh, national bank, you operate under one charter, oh, one supervisor, right. one set of rules. Do you, does being a bank necessarily mean you deal with consumers, or can you... Can one become chartered simply for purposes of of sort of playing with the uh, the infrastructure underneath all so the banking banks. rather than being a the physical yeah. that's what retailing the, versus this is what the uh, special purpose national bank would allow you to do is to be specialized. How many uh, are there? Uh, the, it was delayed by litigation. Uh, oh. uh, towards the end of my term, uh, my successor just this past July, after the Treasury Department issued a report on uh, innovation and fintech. Uh, uh, announced that they would accept those charters. Uh, there is also going on right now, uh, and this is why I wanted to stay away from some of the names you mentioned, uh, there are other uh, firms, uh, Varro, uh, which is seeking a full-service uh, FDIC-insured national bank charter. They've received preliminary approval several so weeks ago. What's the, but what's different about them? What's different about them versus the bank, uh, like, uh, oh, oh, what name of a local Well, bank, I was just uh, thinking, like, an insurance company would probably want to do that. Uh, as an example, uh, they have in the past, but okay. uh, there have been insurance companies, subsidiaries, uh, but you know, most of them have pulled back from that uh, for some so, of the larger. So, what would be different about this one that you said that was just granted or uh, to get granted? They would basically be a uh, a um, uh, a you know, technology only uh, bank. So, an online bank only. Yeah, are there a bunch uh, of different? Those? No, no, this is different because it's really. Uh, 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 you know, it's based on their technology. Uh, it's uh, really to uh, access the payment system and to uh, have a single uh, regulatory framework. Uh, so we got the regulatory framework, but can you talk about what they would do that that uh, Mick might see after falling on the rug? Uh, <laughs> I mean, if he stars. sees anything, so stars. <laughs> Don't laugh at Mick. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So what what might be different though? What as a consumer, <laughs> what might we see? No, you're gonna. It would be, uh, you know, basically the the underlying technology for dealing with the bank, the the app, uh, mobile applications, the internet approach would be different. This is this is like being yeah. able to, but being part of the banking system means you can clear transactions. Yes, and, that's, and that that's is right. the you that, can be a player. You can be a player. Yeah, but, but they, they can accept or, or receive, you know, yeah. accept or send money. Yeah. yeah. The other advantage of being yeah. a full service as opposed to the special purpose uh, bank charter I'm talking about, you get access to uh, uh, federally insured deposits, which are the, a very cheap and reliable source of funding. Right. Oh. If you're not a bank, you have to rely on the capital markets, uh, commercial oh, paper. Really? You know, that can dry up uh, for Overnight. a variety of oh, reasons. Oh, that's right, because banks yeah. have access to banks have access yeah. to money at prime rate or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, depositors. Depositors, yeah. it's yeah. your money. Okay. What What are the reserve requirements? Any different than a normal bank? You still get the leverages. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> in, in the case, the example I'm using. They would be a bank, and they'll they have to you know make uh, some structural adjustments to meet you know regulatory requirements. But again, my philosophy always was let that be a, a business decision. Uh, you know, if you can, if they can meet the statutory uh, and prudential standards, you know, why don't you allow them uh, to enter into? So, would this the be charter? the vehicle by which um, a, a company, an entity like 
I think you said VARO or whatever the name was, mm -hmm. might decide it would become part of the banking system purely based on blockchain for purposes of reconciliation, or is that entirely irrelevant? I think that's different. I mean, that's really, you know, would be the, the value there would be for the larger banks for their their settlement activities. And, and how it's more of the technology as a, a means of, uh, you know, uh, abandoning, uh, you know, their legacy systems and starting from and how would scratch, that all go basically. about it? it? Has that been accepted? That is, is it is it permitted for a bank to toss out the entire back office or a big chunk of their back office staff? Well, I think and go what you blockchain? missed when you were going out to get uh, uh, Mick. Mick is that you know, <laughs> Mick. Uh, yeah, it's an, it's, you missed the it's best an, part, Dave. It's an opportunity. <laughs> Sorry, I got my sandwich. It's though. an opportunity to reduce costs and, and increase efficiencies. So, agreed. So yeah. where does that play out, though? Is that would this from need a, to be a regulated no, activity? From, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's a technology as opposed to a regulated activity. Okay, but would they need permission? The, they would need to make sure how they engaged in that was consistent with, you know, uh, uh, prudential and risk management considerations. And how is that, how is that proven and or are banks doing it well, already? Banks are examined from an IT standpoint oh. by the regulators. Uh, and the, purpose, the reason behind that is to make sure that, uh, yeah, that... Right, the, they're cool. They're not going to lose Mark's money. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't crash and Mark they can't. Some money. They oh, well, can't, okay. uh, you know, uh, resume business in a relatively short period. So of time. has that is that accepted? That is it is is it on a bank by bank basis, or if a bank says to you, "We're using uh, such and such as blockchain scheme, we're good to go," you've already approved it, sort of like FDA approval on it, on medical devices. The we're way, just like that other no, bank. No, no. The way it, way it works with technology is it's more that the regulators set general principles or standards, it's up to the banks to meet them and then the regulars go in and assess Verify. whether or not they've done that. Uh, what I mentioned while you were out is there's a hesitancy, there's a hesitancy to impose from on top or mandate technolo technological or technical requirements. Uh, the key considerations are the security of the information, uh, you know, whether or not you're complying with the uh, uh, bank secrecy and anti-money laundering. So uh, this will this will sound a lot like those hearings we mm. those hearings. Mr. Chairman, he's <laughs> harassing the witness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I can get up and leave at least here. <laughs> you're so under oath. Like yeah. 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 You're still under oath. Yeah. So Tom, you you have you have the rule book. Mm -hmm. Where's your whip? Who who do you call when you say there's been an infraction? Do you call the FBI? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. No, <laughs> no. I mean, we have uh, the bank regulators have a lot of uh, sanctioning power on their own. Uh, you can oh. you can remove you can impose civil money penalties. You can uh, impose uh, uh, orders, enforceable orders. Uh, you can shut the the institution down if it's unsafe. You're not worried about them not paying attention to you. No, no, they listen. They listen. Yeah. <laughs> Very closely. So yeah. can I harass yeah. you with that question? Yeah. So is blockchain being used by any bank to reconcile transactions? Large banks are conducting testing. Ah. It's still POC, yeah. proof of yeah. concept yeah. stage. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it, where, do you have any sense where that's going to go? Uh, I think that it's, as I said earlier, they view it as it's a potential uh, way of improving their te technology and reducing oh. costs and increasing efficiency. So how do we get from blockchain then to cryptocurrency, which is a very different mm -hmm. issue? Yeah. So that's, are there any banks that are accepting cryptocurrency for any reason? There's very, uh, very little acceptance of it. Uh, again, it goes back to reputational risk and issues with compliance with uh, uh, bank secrecy and 
uh, money laundering requirements. Uh, and by definition, a cryptocurrency, you don't know where the money's coming yeah. from and where it's going to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it becomes a mature market uh, and things you know, stabilize, I think you'd see uh, banks acting as intermediaries and if, custodians. Because it's the equivalent yeah. of an envelope of cash yeah. on the street. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it fits into the, uh, the financial system if, if, Mark, if I, things are if Mark know, could get, get, get over his reputation as a, or I guess he can't as a I criminal don't really have much of yeah. one. no if, if Mark weren't a criminal and could prove that to the bank so that the uh, I guess the know your customer could be met this is the I'm not a crook mm -hmm. yeah a so I guess it's not enough that Mark not be a crook when he tries to exchange cryptocurrency with the bank the issue is once people know that Mark's capable of doing that he can get crooked money itself and that's the no but it's double blind I don't know at either end I don't know who, who who's the buyer who's the seller I don't even know who the intermediary mm -hmm. is quite frankly yeah so yeah, there's so no that... so really the only trust is in the um, the fact that there's anonymity, I suppose. So how will that ever get fixed? Right? Because it, it's well, a trustless system. Well, I mean, yeah. that's the, flip it around, uh, the banks have a legal requirement or obligation to report uh, suspicious activity right. uh, in transactions. So they need to be able to tell uh, you know, is this a legitimate transaction? Who is it? Do they know? Well, the say you customer? know Mark. Say you know yeah. Mark. Say yeah. you do know Mark, yeah. and the amount of money he's changing on a weekly or monthly mm -hmm. basis seems consistent with Mark's regular activities. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing for you to be alerted by by that. Is it possible that you could exchange cryptocurrency for him if he became a member of the accepted club? You know, the frequent. The frequent cryptocurrency users they need, club. They don't need the crypto the cryptocurrency. Yeah. No, no, you might need it because you may be doing. You may be as part of your regular legitimate mm -hmm. activities, may be obtaining cryptocurrency, which you'd like to turn into fiat mm -hmm. currency, and you want to be able to turn mm -hmm. to your bank to do that and not to Mick in his uh, mix yeah. mix fall street yeah, yeah. fall and slip uh, and fall the, bank. The pizza shops are now taking cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. Now, what's, what's he going to do? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's the point. Which is, if you know the pizza shop, is that is is knowing one level of customer deep sufficient, or is that part of the issue with crypto? It's a whole complicated area of uh, compliance and legal requirements. But you need to know who your customer is. Basically, you need to be monitoring transaction activity, and you have an obligation to uh, report uh, suspicious activity. So it seems like that could happen with cryptocurrency. Yeah, but uh, but the pizza shop example yeah. is sub ten dollars. Let's sub. say mm -hmm. we didn't say sub shop. A pizza <laughs> well, shop. there you go. It's below beneath. <laughs> Just as this this podcast is beneath, beneath Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't walked out yet. Well, <laughs> he's the, getting close. It's, he's looking for the door <laughs> Keep or a window. So what was your point? Um, if you had but, one, but uh, I did have a point. But in the Mixed banking world, I think anything in excess of what ten k yeah. gets reported, even if they know both parties. Yeah, but the and also uh, banks are required to monitor like patterns of activity. Right. Uh, so uh, it's an expense. Actually, uh, uh, you know, technology actually reg the people call reg tech actually has a, an opportunity with things like uh, a BSA AML compliance because you need to be able to. Uh, uh, Connect what appearing uh, could appear to be disparate transactions right, together. Right, so I right. think the view is that you know the banks need to rely more on technology uh, to make right. those connections and to reduce the cost of the and efficiency of the the monitoring. So can you see a day? 
um, can you see a day when banks would be involved with cryptocurrency, or is this not going to happen? Uh, I said earlier, I think it has to, you know, I forgot. both the, the industry has to mature and the regulatory environment on the ICO side and on the, oh. the trading side has to mature before the banks will become Tom, active. Tom, you mind if I ask you a personal question? Sure. Uh-oh. This is how many pages of regulations are 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 there, and, yeah. and how many can you quote? Uh, how big of, the, of a room are we talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so ignorance yeah. of the law is no yeah. excuse, yeah. but I haven't read all the pages, so yeah. how am I making interpretations? Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. You know, you've 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 been trained in this. Yeah. you were a banker and an attorney. I well, both an attorney on the regulatory side for 35 plus years. But the regulations have changed. 35 years yes, ago, there yes. were three. Yeah. Today, there's 14 billion. No, no there's a lot of paper. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. No. But uh, what's interesting about what's going on in uh, uh, you know, fintech and cryptocurrency is uh, how do you ap- uh, apply existing legal requirements appropriately to, to something, something that never new? Didn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And can you analogize it appropriately uh, to something that already has been regulated? Uh, and I think that's what's going on with cryptocurrencies with the CFTC, and they've been successful, uh, you know, in court over that. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I think that's actually healthy, uh, you know, see how it works. It's an experimentation. Uh, and then look at whether you need to change oh. the laws after you see what's happened in There's the market. There's the justice who said... Uh, I know it when I see it. Yeah, that's I don't pornography, know. Mick. Right. Or and there's the justice. Like, yeah, no. Well, yeah, well, you can't see. Suspicious activities are sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, self-apparent or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you know when you see, I know there's something going on here. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. I'm not sure what, what regulations apply. Um, but no, it's, it's, it sounds very like a com- very difficult job. No, it's very complex. It's very expensive. Uh, and again, I think that's where the opportunity arises for technology to, you know, improve both improve the the process and reduce the cost. So let me let me kind of flip it a little bit. So you're an attorney here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the kinds of clients that you're seeking or that you're working with are uh, young companies, old companies, uh, uh, companies that are looking to create technology in this space. D all of the above. Yeah, all of the above. Okay. I think. Yeah. And it's really, uh, you know, again, uh, if you can, in the design stage, anticipate what are going to be uh, regulatory issues, you're going to end up, you know, with a better product and less problems down the road. And I think that's the tension you have. People are very interested in, you know, uh, getting funding and delivering the pro- uh, product. Uh, you know, I think we, you want to avoid having built-in or baked-in problems if you can avoid it. Right. And that was why I established the, uh, you know, the Office of Innovation at the OCC was so that innovators could come in and bounce ideas off and then go back and uh, you know, incorporate that, that into their uh, design work and then also to uh, develop a, uh, a portal so people could pr- uh, pitch ideas for uh, you know, some level of experimentation. How did that, clinical trials. That's how cool. was, how yeah. was, what was the? You were in in, in two administrations, right? Mm-hmm. One Democrat and one yeah. Republican. Is there was there as a practical matter any difference between the two in terms of the control the administration had on you and or the regulations you promulgated, or was Democrat and Republican pretty much the same across the board because the office is independent? Uh, prior to the financial crisis, yes. Uh, you know, the, you know, I think uh, financial regulation was a political issue uh, since the 
Oh, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got the issue of uh, uh, the uh, uh, financial assistance that was provided to stabilize the banking industry after the crisis, you know, too exactly. big to fail. Okay. Yeah. Uh, those are all hot you know, political topics as well as regulatory issues. Was that during your tenure or just? Yeah, I was on the FDIC board uh, in, right uh, when, that hit. when the cri- crisis hit. Oh, uh, oh wait a minute. That's, so yeah. this podcast is called Failure. The podcast, mm-hmm. is there anything interesting that you can address? That you, you, we're finally getting to failure. Well, getting other, to, well, I saw other, failure in a big yeah, way. Other yeah. than big, the inherent bigly. failure. <laughs> the inherent failure of this podcast. But is there anything you can address on the failure side? Um, either Why things failed or what, you learned, what people yeah. learned from failure? No, uh, it's a big topic. Yeah, no, Look I mean, Mark, after all. I, mean, I think there's a lot of books on the subject and more to come, but, uh, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, a lot of things that were viewed as innovations really were fads. Uh, and, you know, you look at financial technology in the sense of, uh, uh, or financial engineering, what went on. Uh, yeah, I think there was a failure to question. Uh, there was a lot of uh, drinking the Kool-Aid on, Rational exuberance. Uh, Yes. Uh, You know, I uh, recall very smart people saying that we've eliminated risk from the financial system with (laughs) securitization. Uh, uh, Would you have, with the banking, would the uh, poobah of the currency been involved in securitization, uh, closely involved, or was that somebody else's uh, issue? The OCC supervised the largest, most of the large banks in the United States. Oh, uh, as well as a number this. of smaller institutions. Uh, uh, so uh, also uh, as comptroller, uh, the host of regulations uh, that were required, uh, I participated in. Uh, we were part of the rulemaking for the Volcker rule, uh, the, the qualified mortgage rule, the securitization rules. Uh, it was a lot of work and a, a, a lot of complexity, which, uh, you know, I think some of those areas need revisiting and they're being revisited. So from why I read, uh, what was that? What was the book by Michael Lewis? There's probably a few of them about this. Liar's so. Poker? No, 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 no. The one that was about the uh, securitization. Mm. You know, part of it was the mm. fast, fast, no, the fast, the uh, electronic training. It was that, but, but in any event, mm-hmm. it looked like there was never, was never a good explanation of securitized what was it, securitized mortgages? Yeah, it's subprime mortgage lending. Did, did you learn in all your testifying how to get that down to a, uh, a Mickey Mouse or Mark understandable mm-hmm. well, um, I think statement? he did. <laughs> I mean, Who did? The, oh. uh, yeah, that was the movie. Uh, Michael Lewis. Yeah, yeah, Moneyball. Yeah, yeah, money, Moneyball, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. can you take a stab at it? Or you <laughs> no, prefer no, not to? no. Oh, really, you hate yeah. that that much? No, no, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, uh, again, it's looking at something and not looking at it critically. Uh, and so that's the failure, the, and it's a you know an example of the underlying uh, uh, assets. I mean, you were making loans to people that Shouldn't somebody have should have known that were not, you know, were never going to be. Uh, uh, but met. by clumping them together, the notion was reducing the risk. Yeah, but it's should uh, somebody have known when the music stops. That's when you find out. Yeah, so that's the notion yeah. of you tie more rocks together, yeah. it'll just sink faster. Mm, yeah. Should, should somebody have known that? Yeah, there was also there's problems on the capital side for banks. Uh, there was, uh, I think, uh, over-reliance uh, or infatuation with uh, internal modeling that, you know, uh, didn't turn out. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times I heard that, you know, people saying that there'll never be a uh, national decline in home prices. 
uh, you know, there were a lot of uh, assumptions that proved wrong and uh, bit people back hard. Should that, without getting into the politics of it, mm -hmm. is that something your, I won't say your office, but some office in the federal government should have picked up on, or is that, uh, are there just so many issues you can't really point to the regulators? No, no, it's a lot of, a lot of people bear responsibility, including the regulators. Uh, when I became comfortable the currency, I invited a uh, group of uh, foreign regulators from Australia, uh, uh, Singapore, uh, Canada, uh, uh, country, the IMF as well, uh, countries that had uh, survived the crisis relatively unscathed. What did you know? Look at our large bank examination program and tell us, you know, where the you know, where the weaknesses are, and a lot of the issues really resulted to being too close to the uh, banks, uh, being myopic, not looking at, you know, if you look at one bank and you don't examine what their peers are doing and take a horizontal view, you miss, you can miss a lot. Is uh, that, go ahead. I was just curious about the FDIC, you said you served on the board, there was no conflict involved there? Of, I, I guess not, or else you wouldn't. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I was appointed by President Bush to serve on as a member of the board, uh, and as comptroller, I was an ex officio member, so I served for 13 years from two January 2004 to May of uh, uh, 2017. Was that so you'd know what's going on over there, or they'd know what's going on with you, or how? how yeah, both? I mean, the idea was to have uh, you know the the chartering entities of banks to be on the FDIC board, which was both the federal bank regulator and the receiver for failed banks. How did you work with the Federal Reserve? What was your uh, Closely, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the, the so especially Janet, after Janet the would ask you, should we raise the rates this month? And no, no, on the <laughs> regulation side, oh, yeah, right. yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I, was on, I mentioned earlier to uh, Mark and to Dave, who was on the Financial Stability Where Oversight was Nick? Council. Oh, he was oh, out. Nick was yeah. falling yeah. on a rug. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, uh, yeah, there was a, after the crisis, Dodd-Frank, I think, was an attempt to, you know, what went wrong, how do we fix each thing, and uh, it was a very complex. Is Dodd-Frank going to go away, or is it going to be revised dramatically, or uh, what's going to happen? I think Dodd-Frank is here to stay. There, were, there was a uh, uh, legislative uh, tweak to it this past summer. Yes. Uh, yeah. That'll probably be as far as the legislature goes. But there's a lot of discretion in the regulatory agencies on the rulemaking, uh, particularly in the capital area, uh, that you know there can be refinement of both uh, regulatory requirements and how you apply them. Hmm. Interesting. So the failure here was the failure of us to dive into this earlier on. Well, look, it's I really think interesting. Our other fa failure was he's clearly our one of our best yeah. guests ever. Certainly today. Well, definitely today, <laughs> probably even this week. You're our best guest this week. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's a little so, bar. So from a, uh, all right, I'll do an interview question mm -hmm. and you can oh, get mad at I'm, me. That's all right, I'm yeah, finding yeah. music too. I'll oh, okay, from, out. A, from a pre prescriptive standpoint, mm -hmm. how can people prevent failure in, the, in sort of the new fintech things that you're seeing or hearing about? Well, I think, uh, do you want to prevent failure? I think you want to have, uh, Ooh. encourage Ooh. Uh, experimentation, but make sure that you've addressed Ooh. the downsides, so, especially yeah, I, if you're, it's a consumer-facing uh, issue or it great. may affect uh, financial stability. I think you, I think you want to, to kind of parry back, I think you, you want to uh, protect innovation 
but uh, and I understand you know failure and again this mm-hmm. whole podcast mm-hmm. is as I said it's about resilience essentially mm-hmm. it's failing from, to get here on time was yeah, one failure of the to get part here on time or whatever mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Yeah. you know it's, it's about pay attention. you know companies that fail <laughs> but real, the real failure is when they don't learn from their errors mm-hmm. or their mistakes so you know from a prescriptive standpoint given you've got a fair amount of regulatory. Uh, baggage, if you will. <laughs> I mean, experience. Yeah, gray hair. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's yeah. shared in this room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those of us still, still have hair. Yes. Um, but you know, if if you were if you were advising a group of young MBA students, mm-hmm. what would you tell them in terms of don't do that? Uh, and he's going to play. Dave's going to play music. No, 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 not yet, not yet. Keep no, going. I, uh, I think I try to not start with don't. Uh, okay. Yeah, I oh, this think, is great. Yeah, keep going. Uh, the, Not the music, uh, the, the answer. No, I, that's really uh, the responsible innovation project that I initiated at the OCC was all about uh, being more open to different ways of doing things, uh, being uh, having an open portal to non-banks right. uh, to learn from whatever. So try anything. Uh, yeah, and one of the things uh, when we developed the uh, concept of the special purpose national charter for fintechs was also to make sure that we had the ability to uh, be the receiver for the bank, because uh, the FDIC would not be involved. Uh, and that was a, uh, an explicit acknowledgement that you know, we weren't looking to avoid failure, uh, uh, as long as it was a good faith experiment, uh, a, you know, sound business so, plan, so we were willing to take the risk. So you stuff went sideways, yeah. in other words. But to recognize, I think, you know, when you're uh, in a regulatory environment, you don't want to eliminate failure. You have to make sure that you have the ability to wind it down and do it softly. Wait a minute. Yeah. So can we go back to that? You said yeah. it a few times. You don't want to eliminate failure. Yeah. That's an interesting take on it. So you don't want to eliminate failure. You want to eliminate the downside risk of That's failure. Right. Yeah, banks Eesh. fail. Uh, and if you, if you didn't want banks to fail, you wouldn't have any risk in the system. And what would that mean? Well, be less lending, less economic growth. A lot of U.S. savings bonds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so maybe you can address the, the bigger issue that, that uh, has concerned us for now 30, 29 episodes, which is, is failure natural? Is it a necessary evil? And is it even evil? No, I, I don't think it's evil. I think it's a you know, part of the cycle. Oh, I feel so, bad, so much better now. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you, you know, failure can have bad It's uh, a circle of impacts. life. Yeah, no, that's what we, we wouldn't invented too. Mm. We wouldn't have invented too big to fail if yeah. we thought failure was good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the FDIC is there for failure. That's what they, that's a backup. Yeah, it's a backup. Yeah. 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 It's a plan B. So they're trying to say, well, you didn't really fail. Yeah, you know, the, the no, you fa- did fail, and we're going to now have to... But all your, your, your depositors are not going to lose all their money. Right. So you're saying, so like this goes back to the skiing analogy, mm-hmm. you're saying that if banks aren't taking risks with, for example, new high-tech companies mm-hmm. or new mortgage uh, securitization vehicles, then we may not advance and we'll be stuck in the, the 1860s or whenever... Yeah. I mean, the bank of today is radically different than a bank of 1933. And that's because uh, of the risks they took. Or a bank of 1970. Yeah. And, you know, I I think my view on that of the OCC is that uh, uh, banks should be dynamic and that they should evolve with changes in the financial industry. And that's what fintech is about. And that's why the OCC looked at it from a regulatory standpoint and, 
you know, uh, to the you know, extent you can do it in a prudent fashion, embrace it. Uh, try to you know, make sure that the core, uh, your core interests are addressed, but then allow for healthy experimentation. And do you, as a practical matter, see experimentation? Yeah, well, I guess we saw experimentation in, in, the, in that, those securitized mortgages. That, was, that could have yeah. come out well, but it turns out it didn't. Yeah, we had a lot of debate. I mean, uh, the white paper that I put out in 20, early 2016 was responsible innovation. And what you know, we wanted to underscore is there's a difference between something, an innovation and a fad, uh, and uh, you know, try to describe you know, in broad terms what that meant. So you would say then that failure is uh, sort of the flip side of the coin of experimentation. Yes, yes. Things are going to succeed well, and some aren't. It's, it's interesting to me, mm -hmm. growing up in the banking industry for many years, mm. uh, because I was a depositor and a customer and a borrower, mm. lending today is so much different than it was in 1970, How 1971. So? You used to go to the bank and the guy would look at you and say, yeah, you, you, know, you got a job and I'm going to mm -hmm. loan you some money. You had not tripped on the rug before doing that. No, okay. and my glasses weren't broken. Either. Yeah, yeah, keep going. And he, you know, and he'd give me a check for That's a big true. number, and he'd, and, he'd, and he'd actually give me the check, and he'd say, you know, by the way, go do the paperwork, you know, next week. Yeah. Ah. it was very, very interesting, and uh, he knew who I was, and he mm. knew that I was going to probably not leave town, mm -hmm. and that was banking. And I'd go buy a building, and I'd say I want to borrow 110 percent of the cost of the building, and he'd say. Okay, what do you do with the ten percent? I say, well, I'm not going to take it and put it in my pocket. I'm going to put it in the building, and that and some additional money. Hmm. And he'd say, okay, I'll loan you 110 percent of the value. Uh, very different world. No, but I, I don't. But going back to this point, which is important, it's but that's that's a case of almost anti-experimentation, which is that's putting the brakes on the system. And Tom's suggesting that there have been innovations in banking that sort of that freed things up. And I, I don't us think place. that's true, but you know, you maybe well, you're right. No, but, but I'm wondering. But that sounds like to me, there's well, been good and bad. I have mean, there been names? Yeah, yeah. Can you name, for example, an innovation that's come in since 1860 in banking, or 1960, yeah, either way, yeah. in banking that we wouldn't have guessed about? that one might have been nervous about, but it came in place and it turned out to be great. Cryptocurrency could someday yeah, be that. But I, we don't know. I can ATM. Uh, yeah, oh, well, I'll even go teams. back even farther. I mean, uh, you know, we were talking initially about how the OCC was created. Yeah, uh, prior to the OCC, you had state banks chartered by state governments that issued their own uh, currency or uh, banknotes. Uh, the uh, one of the purposes of the National Bank Act, besides financing the Civil War, was to put the state system out of business. Uh, they did, it didn't go away. It didn't go away because they invented the check. Uh, uh, so, you know, I mean, the, there is a history of innovation, you know, whether it's radical or, or pervasive, you can argue about, but... Uh, so somebody invented this check, so to speak. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and, you know, I think... Wasn't uh, Mark. You know, a recent change, I, I mean, I've analogized today to, you know, the introduction of internet banking. Right. Yeah, oh. and when, you know, I was uh, in the regulatory community at the time, everybody's running around saying we need to have a whole new oh, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. structure of law and regulation. And my view was, no, we don't. Uh, you know, the, the, law, the laws should be, or the Sufficient. framework should be, is flexible enough to oh. deal with it. And, you know, this is probably an over... Uh, an overstatement, but the only thing you really needed for internet banking was uh, you know, digital signature authorization. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but so the, today, yeah. you know, with fintech firms, and again, primarily in the 
payments and in the marketplace lending area, the, the framework is there. Uh, it's fairly flexible enough that it should be able to adapt to the technological so innovation. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So Nick brought Can you guys quit fighting over these questions? For some reason, they're interested <laughs> in this. Can I, can I help by saying I've got a more important question? There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the, the banks, the regulators today on the banks it's a, it's are a so, trick of so, you know, they really can't tie the hands of the people. Mm -hmm. yeah. to their business, I think, they should be lenders. They should lend, and if you don't need the money, they'll lend you money today. If you don't need it and you've got security, you got $500,000 mm -hmm. in the bank, they'll loan you $400,000 because you got 500000 in the bank. True. And I think it's a shame. Yeah. I, well, my view is, uh, you know, there's a... Uh, really a, a, a tension between how do you approach regulation? Do you do it prescriptively with statutes and rules, or you do it through uh, principle-based or prudential supervision? It used to be called banking. They yeah. called it banking because you'd no. say, hey, I think but you're going to pay me back. Yeah, going to a, from a history standpoint, what you've seen, a series of uh, major bank failures. There's a congressional reaction which really tightens the screws on the regulators and the bank's flexibility. Mm -hmm. uh, you have the SNL crisis. The liberalization of the bankruptcy laws, mm -hmm. and now it's okay to go bankrupt. In fact, mm -hmm. it's good business to go bankrupt. It's a strategy to go bankrupt, no, and that's no. a tragedy. No, no, is it? The other Wait bankers. Minute, but, but Tom's not saying that. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I can't give Tom's opinion. All I can say <laughs> is, is that, well, that's is, well, true. I can't actually. Can. I can't yeah, give Tom's I've never opinion. Never stop yes, me. Sorry, yeah. No, I think the idea is is that the reasons that the you know the banks would loan you money is the fear of bankruptcy. You were feared you know, you'd never you'd never show yeah. your face in the street yeah. again. You'd I know, be locked but I out of any additional credit too. Right. But, Tom, but now I you can get seven years mm -hmm. and you get it all back and you mm -hmm. can just as good as as new. But as I understand what Tom's saying, there is there the banks are are willing to take risks on loans and that that can advance society. They took a risk on, I'll make it up, Facebook, they took a risk on... Those weren't uh, banks, those were... No, no, they're not, no, venture no. Venture capitalists. They are, that's, no, but my point is that some bank, well, they are venture capitalists. The banks are but not making level, unsecured loans. Are, they're not making unsecured loans today that I've ever heard no. of. Is that no. true, Tom, pretty much? Uh, I mean, unless you're talking about small denomination loans, right. yeah. So and the, but, the idea... But what's of, happened is that, you know, again, you had the... Uh, SNL crisis, the FDIC insurance fund was depleted, the, the savings bank uh, fund had to be merged, there was uh, over you know, uh, billions of dollars of support provided to the, the banking industry. Congress turned the screws on the requirements. They demanded uh, uh, much uh, you know, tighter rules on lending. So is that good, Mick, uh, from your perspective, or not? No, I, no, well, no. It's, 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 it, it, I can't say if it's good or bad. I'm saying here's what it is. There is no banking anymore in a pure sense the way I think of banking. Banking is secured lending now. And the requirements for security of the lending, how much security mm -hmm. you need, whatever, those regulations are turned back and forth. Mm -hmm. But the idea is you know, that the regulators, and I went through this as a developer of real estate, where they... They called all my loans. I'd never missed a payment. And, well, wait a second, what happened? Well, the regulators changed the reserve requirements, not the reserve requirements, but the requirements of, oh, uh, of the appraisal value and whatever. And Your it prior was, point, Mick, was that because of, where in the old days there was enough fear of 
um, fear of taint by going bankrupt, nobody Certainly would Certainly one, one of the powerful like, things was yeah. you didn't, if you were stigmatized for life. If so the, the bankers didn't, weren't so worried. They could lend right. you money because they knew nobody would go bankrupt. Well, or they, no, but yeah. they, 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 they knew him. They knew Mick. Mick would walk in. They should have known It was better. relationship banking, yeah. essentially. It's exactly right. Uh, yeah. And so uh, the, the point That I doesn't was, exist anymore. That's right. Because, uh, and I think that's bad. So I think I, we need to invent a new bank so that's really think? a so bank. But let, yeah, let me make my point. Yeah, yeah. So you have one? This is, this, I do, actually. This is sort of a, a, an arc from uh, trust-based mm -hmm. relationship Raiders banking of the lost arc. to trust-less, which is the blockchain uh, fintech ooh. stuff. And the point ooh, I wanted ooh, to take ooh, us ooh. to is we're now going away from even people having transactions, but things having transactions, oh, no. don't, which is, you I'm not going to go too far with this. No, and don't tell us you were on the MIT Enterprise Forum board. board. Oh, you're holding <laughs> the board of directors. Oh, my God. Here we go again. The oh, my God. But I have a great what amount of MIT, notice. where are they getting the billion dollars to build this new um, artificial intelligence <laughs> thing? It's in an envelope in, in the, uh, someone's desk, <laughs> I think. It's but, so the point Saki I want to make Nakamoto is so we've gone from, from mm -hmm. trust, Nakamoto. trust and, and, and relationships to trustless with blockchain, Ooh. Bitcoin, all that stuff, to, you know, uh, transactions not even between humans, but mm. between, I'm not even talking about You, you know, clearly have not been drinking enough today. No, no, I was up very early for a workout, too. <laughs> oh, my but, God. But, so, I, I'm, just, I'm just wondering, is, is that, thank you, proud of you is that a yeah. fair sort you. of <laughs> progression? Am I, am I, yeah. is this a, He's a it's a leap my, of everything, Mark. Yeah, no, because this is what I'm kind of, I'm hearing. I'm, I've got a kind of a net more narrow, He's got, uh, he's got a more intelligent approach. way to look at this. So, you think I'm hallucinating? You are. Banking was. I've been buying drugs on Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, banking was a personal, one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, character-based lending when everybody was local, uh, you know, uh, with securitization, uh, you, know, uh, you need standardization. If you don't meet the standard, then you're, you're not getting, you know, And the standard was that you'd be a member of the local community yeah. and known by the bank. Well, I'm talking more about, you know, you've, with mortgage lending, I mean, the, yep. yes, with the, the GSEs of standardization so you could securitize it. If you're outside that parameter, you're outside of it. Uh, that triggered things like the Community Reinvestment Act to you know, be more flexible with you know, low to moderate income people in terms of lending. Uh, but you know, you're going back to the example, uh, you know, the SNL crisis, people started throwing the keys in. So you know, well, right. we can't have that, uh, so you've got to tighten everything up. Uh, MAGA, yeah. make banking great again. Yeah. The Magaba, Magaba, Magaba. I think it's had the opposite effect in many respects. Oh, the I I try to get a loan on a house. All right. Yeah. They say, "Where's your W two?" Well, I've had a, haven't had a mm -hmm. W two for thirty years. Right. And they say, "Well, but yeah. you know, we have a checkoff box for the W two well, here, I have, and you don't I have, have one. income from real estate and from yeah. investments and from things that I do that it is outside the W two realm." And they the say, well, money does that money count. can go away. That, yeah. that we yes, can't apply true. that to true. to your loan. Yeah. So we're going to turn you down. Well, okay. But couldn't but you I got, secure it with something? Oh, they wouldn't. No, allow I you. mean, I said, look, at I got stocks well yeah. in excess of the loan I'm making. Right. And they and say, well, you enough. can margin those, which right. you can do. Yeah. But anyway, it's just it's 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 yeah. very very mystical because the lenders, the the lending officers, I, I went to three different ones. They all said, oh, this is not a problem. And it was a problem. Yeah. So oh. there's an, you know, it's been a trend toward increased standardization and 
Yeah, this is the, we're gonna we're gonna securitize this. This is gonna go into mm -hmm. a pool. Unless it fits in this box, we can't loan you the money. So where Mark they was can't going, sell it, which is how right. the right. the yeah. whole crisis and the, happened. The regulators want you to be liquid uh, or have right. the ability to sell off and having a you know, a, you know a, a mortgage backed security is something that. So where Mark was going with with his little diatribe was the point. Your it's point more was of an observation. Your observation was that trust. We're we've gone from trusting Mick to trustless. To Why am I? You know, I'm really not the guy to pick on here. Okay, we're not. Tom is the guy to pick on. Okay. No, no, he's, he's, you're, I you're used spoiled. to be the guy that example. you could pick on. Oh, not right. anymore. <laughs> so, so we're, your so, point was we're going for a trustless. Oh, to, that we so need more I, regulation. I would, no, so more I was going from, regulation. I was going from person to person. You know, trust. Yeah. Yeah. Trust. Based, you know, banking to mm -hmm. trustless using the current fintech stuff. Right. To, mm -hmm. to the machines are now arbitraging yeah. excess energy between well, each other and well, collecting microtransactions you're, you're this in a direction. Okay. Bitcoin. Okay, that's possible. But if you don't even have to go f as far as IoT. By the way, you on the board of MIT Enterprise Forum? You know, I remain a proud <laughs> oh, member like, of the board. Oh, that's directors. amazing. I forgot about that. Um, so in any event, but your point is this is going to now folks who That's could be... That's the board of directors. <laughs> You're talking about board folks who are overseas. We can't, we can't, we can't. <laughs> when I talk, it's, it's spelled the way you're applying. We can't see them. And so the point here is that we need more regulation. Speaking as a director. But don't we need more regulation? Don't we actually need more regulation as there is less trust? The, I Isn't think you need, you need a framework that works, and then you need some flexibility. And I think that's through... You know, uh, prudential application of uh, prudential principles. I think the answer to Mick is welcome to the matrix. Mm. <laughs> In the matrix, there is no trust. Mm. You're just another bit. Well, you have to learn to work around it. Well, so we don't have any great music. For some reason, the Mikado is not uh -oh. readily available. Yeah, on nobody title. listens to it. Jay-Z's, Jay uh, uh, what is it, well, Jay-Z's prize, Mikado, uh, Jay-Z's prize title does not have the Mikado, no surprise. Mm -hmm. But any final words on failure in banking or success in banking, or maybe on Nick's fault? <laughs> no, no pearls of wisdom. Well, there we go. Well, thank you. Well, yeah, great, great podcast. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Yeah.